0: Welcome to once more with feeling, a 20th anniversary Buffy fancast. I'm your watcher Adrian. It's
1: not your watcher Jack.
0: And uh, you might have noticed that watcher Donna is not here.
1: We are very, we're very, very. Uh, new at this whole podcasting without Donna thing.
0: Uh, she kind of keeps us in line, but her son is giving birth to a pterodactyl, so she can't be here. Yeah, water broke today, though. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's been on grandbaby watch for, hmm.
1: so, like, the entire weekend?
0: Yeah, for, like, two days now. Um, so we are flying solo? Duo. Flying Duo. Um and so that she didn't miss anything, this episode is a little bit special. Um we watched the movie. Do, do, do.
1: Buffy the movie. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the
0: movie. Uh it originally released July thirty-first, nineteen ninety-two. It was directed by Fran Rubel Kazoie. Um she also produced episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, and Angel. And just fun tidbit, orgasmo.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, first thing I said when I saw the opening for this movie was, hey, it's Luke Perry. And and, and Adrian was like...
0: Oh, yeah. That's, I asked Jay, which I will ask him again now, have you seen this movie before?
1: Yeah, and... I haven't seen it in a long, long time. Long enough that I believed the TV show when it told me how the movie ended. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the TV show is all about, oh, Buffy burned down the gym. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, he was quite surprised when we got to the end of the movie. He was like, the gym's not burning.
1: Spoiler alert, the gym doesn't burn down <laughs> yeah. at the end.
0: Um, I This movie was the first PG-13 movie I ever saw in a theater. I was not 13. And I was terrified that I would be, that they would for some reason ask for my ID when I was buying my ticket to this movie.
1: Oh man, when I watched this movie, it was definitely way after Buffy. Like, I think it must have been Buffy season 5 or something.
0: I saw this in the theater. I saw this probably in August of 1992.
1: Yeah, I was too young to go to the theater back then.
0: I was 10. No, I might have been 11. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, I was 11. Uh, In my memory, I was 12. But the date says that I was not. <laughs> uh, so I was 11, and we used to, my friend and I used to get dropped off at a mall that was near our house, and it had a movie theater in it. And so one day we went and saw this movie.
1: Nice. So do we want to start with lore?
0: Um, no, you know, actually, I have some... a couple of uh, smaller things to, okay. to start with. Okay. Um, one, I used to love those cheerleading uniforms when I was a kid. Oh. Like, I liked how shimmery they were and I liked how I don't know, I liked how it had the baggy top with the undershirt. Uh, looking at it now, I'm like, oh, those are not great fashion decisions.
1: What I didn't get was like the first performance of the cheerleaders is like is a crazy long thing where it's like, keep it coming, keep it coming. And it was just like so much like so much of the same stuff going on over and over, and I was like, "Is this a halftime
0: performance?" It was or... a halftime performance. That, yeah. that was a full on cheerleading performance, not just a cheer. I think you're confusing cheers with the performances.
1: Okay, because I didn't I didn't understand what was happening, and I don't understand why they were going that long.
0: It was a performance.
1: Okay, or, I was like, "Don't don't keep it coming. Don't keep it coming." <laughs>
0: um, one thing that I that bothered me about that opening was not the performance. I thought the performance was fine. Um, But they put the bright pink text right on top of the cheerleaders because the cheerleaders were shot center screen and then the text, the opening credits were put center screen. So you actually could not see the cheerleaders through the text for most of it. That's
1: one of those situations where I think like sort of like they were trying to go like a little bit kind of, they, they knew that they were making a movie that a lot of people wouldn't take seriously. So they would, so they tried adding a lot of comedic flair to it, and I think that was part of the comedic flair, but it just, like... Was
0: it? I mean, I guess I can sort of see where you're coming from in that that was a deliberate choice. It didn't feel super deliberate to me, it just felt like, why'd you put the text over the thing I'm supposed to look at?
1: I mean, it's possible it's not, it it wasn't deliberate, it was, it would have been, uh, it would have been really great if it had been a nice contrasting color, but it wasn't.
0: Yeah. Also, I find it interesting that the mascot for this school is a pig. A hog. A hog. And the mascot for the school in the TV show is also of the swine family.
1: There are a lot of similarities between this, uh, between Hemery High School, apparently.
0: Uh, I did never actually caught the name of it, but that's a funny name.
1: In the end, of the, at the end, uh, they describe it as Hemery High School. And uh, and what I was the name? The pig of the...
0: Makes sense then.
1: Yeah. What was the name of the high school in in What was the name of the high school that Buffy went to in the in the TV show? Sunnydale.
0: You
1: know? No, no, no. The the one she went to before that.
0: Um, I don't know. I thought I know. Did they ever actually say?
1: Um, they have said it in the show. Um, but I'll let you search for that while I talk about how similar Principal Fluey and Gary Murray are. Principal Gary Murray.
0: Yes.
1: Principal Gary Murray. He's played by a gentleman who plays a lot of comedic characters. Um, he's so great. He is really great. Uh, what he's is
0: he's a stapler guy, right?
1: Yeah, he is. Um, he uh, he is so much like Principal Flutie. Like even to the point where he's like, I'm hip with the kids. I know how to how to talk to. Oh, Stephen Root is his yes. name. Stephen Root. Um, but yeah, I'm hip with the kids. Let me tell you about my drug experience. It was like, he's trying really hard to be cool, but desperately is not. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it, he was very much Principal Flutie. Um, Merrick, the Watcher, was very much like Giles.
0: Giles and Merrick are so similar. They have so many of the same, like, speech patterns and, um movements and the
1: sort of same like fatherly kind of relationship with buffy Hemory. Hemory?
0: Hemery, h-e-m-e-r-y huh
1: okay so it is so it's Hemory in the tv show too that's good that's good good job joss whedon um sorry i really like i i really liked also that buffy's favorite clothes is a favorite what of buffy's favorite things is this yellow jacket that she is told is so five minutes ago. And it's the same kind of jacket that she would wear in the TV show. Like, I could totally see her wearing that yellow jacket in the TV show. Yeah. Um, But at the time, she doesn't choose the jacket because her friends made fun of her for it. Then she sees how fake her friends are when her friend decides to buy the jacket anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think at that point, that's when she was like, I'm going to wear what I want and fuck what anyone thinks. And so I think that's a good way to frame like Buffy's fashion choices. And when they're not great, it's like, (laughs) it's like, well, you know what? You got to respect her because she decided I like, I like how I look in this and I'm going to own it.
0: Speaking of fashion choices... Um, at the end of the movie when um, Pike gives her his black leather jacket <gasps> and she puts it on over her white fluffy prom dress.
1: Yes, that was so amazing. It was really, really, really... Uh, there was parody between that scene and uh, the scene in the end of season one where Angel gives Buffy the jacket to put over her prom dress.
0: hmm Also, um like and pike showing up late to the prom to surprise her. Yeah. Um I actually uh can we talk about pike for a minute? I actually forgot what an interesting character pike is. Cuz he comes off immediately as just like a fuck up yeah. with Benny. Um and I mean they're they're like drinking <laughs> through most of the movie. Pike yeah. pike is drunk. Well pike I didn't even think pike went to that school. I don't know where the fuck Pike goes. I, I, he appears to have his own apartment. Yeah, I
1: didn't think he went to the school. I thought he kind of lived on his own and he was like kind of a, either a dropout or he was like a graduate uh, and doing his own thing now because yeah. he was a mechanic.
0: Yeah, Pike's age wasn't particularly made very clear. Um, no, but
1: I, I didn't think he was a high school student and then he randomly shows up at the party and I was like,
0: why did they let you in? I don't know. I feel like a lot of places don't understand how proms work. Like, at my prom, you had to have tickets
1: yeah. to get in. mine too.
0: And, well, actually, this wasn't a prom, though. This was just a dance. But I still think that at all the dances we had at my school, you had to have tickets to get into them. And they had to know who you were buying the ticket for. Like, if you were buying it for somebody that didn't go to that school, you had to, like, show that person's student ID or a copy of their student ID
1: mm-hmm.
0: because they were basically, like, nobody over 21 gets into any of this stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, Joyce was awful but Joyce, funny in this movie.
0: Yeah, this was not the Joyce from the TV show at all. In the, there, there are zero similarities.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, and, like, like... In in Buffy the TV show, uh, Joyce appears to be a character that definitely cares about her daughter, mm-hmm. and, and is very involved in her daughter's life and wants her to be good. And in Buffy the movie, she <laughs> there's a scene where um, he's hanging out, uh, where Buffy's hanging out with her boyfriend in their house, in, in his in her house, and Joyce says, well, she's not named Joyce in this movie. She's just Buffy's mom. Yeah. Um, but she. Uh, Buffy says, does she think my name is... Oh, no, the guy says, does she think my name is Bobby? And Buffy says, it's possible she thinks my name is Bobby.
0: Yeah. Well, and then she's so dismissive when Buffy comes home covered in dirt and clearly having been through some shit. Do you know what time it is? And Buffy says no, and then her mom's like, oh, 10. Oh, 10. Yeah, like 10, and her mom goes, oh, I knew this thing was slow. Yeah. And then, like, walks away tapping her watch. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so just completely not present in Buffy's life. Um, So the cast of this movie, should we talk about the cast? Oh,
1: the cast was amazing. So
0: the first thing I thought was, oh man, that's Hilary Swank. (laughs) Who has gone on to win awards and be pretty amazing.
1: The thing I thought was, man, Amalyn walks and talks like Pee Wee Herman.
0: (laughs) That's funny because I was actually thinking that Paul Rubens was really good because I didn't see any Pee-wee Herman in Really? Yeah, you didn't see
1: any? Because I, I was totally... Any. Especially when he dies. His death scene was I mean, when he great. dies.
0: Yeah, his death scene was, was full of comedy. Yeah. But no, like, he didn't sound like Pee-wee Herman. I didn't think he was particularly moving like Pee-wee Herman.
1: He did a good vampire, he, he did a good vampire, but I could imagine Pee-wee Herman being like that if he were a vampire. <laughs> if Pee-wee he Herman were a vampire, he would act exactly like amelin
0: Um... Also, I really like the name Amolin. I didn't totally realize that was his name, and I wonder if anybody actually said it in the movie. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I only got it from the from the IMDb page.
0: But that's a really that's a neat name. Um. So, uh, eating the cat. I think that that eating the cat is a thing that. Whedon likes to have characters do to it, prove they're super evil.
1: It's it's Joss Whedon's version of shoot the dog.
0: Yeah, because we have, we have Lothos going to eat kittens. I'm just going to
1: have a snack. Yeah. Which is funny because in the TV show, that's established as something that vampires do when they're desperate or when they are, like, when they're, like out of vampire society like you're looked down upon as a vampire if you don't feed on humans
0: yeah um well you know they have lothos set up very much like the master like we don't see him at first and then we slowly see more and more of him and it seemed to me though i don't actually feel like the movie portrayed this very well that whatever amelin was doing was re-powering lothos
1: yeah yeah um oof. There were a lot of powers that vampires have in this movie, but I'm gonna wait until we can get to lore.
0: Um, so, something that kept being said over and over again was, She's not, she's still not ready. She's not ready for you. Yeah. And all I kept thinking was, She's not cookies yet, guys.
1: She's not cookies.
0: <laughs> but I also found myself wondering what that meant if we had some sort of a drop plot line. That Lothos was supposed to, like, eat the Slayer when she got to a certain power level and it would empower... I don't know. Like, I, I seriously have no idea. I feel like something got dropped. Yeah,
1: because there was no information about what it meant to be ready. And, yeah. And, like, what makes someone ready? Their ability to fight you? Like, right. In which case... <laughs> Just do it that... now. Just do it now because, like, later on they're going to be able to kill you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is exactly what happens. I feel like there was a lot of really sloppy editing in this movie, um, a lot of bad cuts, a lot of mom- a lot of moments that just didn't make too much sense. Oh,
1: before we get to that though, the cast.
0: Oh, the cast. Yeah, we started talking about the cast.
1: Ben Affleck.
0: Ben Affleck is in this movie, guys. Yeah. Ben Affleck, he is in this movie, and he is uncredited because it was 1992.
1: It was a he. He was a random basketball player who kind of looks at a, a vampire who's uh, who was trying to get the ball, and Ben Affleck just kind of looks at him, grossed out, and like
0: lets bleep, him have the ball.
1: Let's him have the ball.
0: Um, yeah, Ricky Lake is apparently in this, though I didn't spot her.
1: I didn't spot her either. We thought we spotted Seth Green a few times.
0: But yeah, well, Seth Green yes, Oz, Seth Green, is in this movie, which sort of made no sense to me because I suddenly don't know if I have any idea how old he is because in my mind, he would have also been, like, 12 <laughs> at this point in time. But I guess I'm wrong. Um,
1: this movie messes with time in real in real life and in fiction a lot because Buffy, I believe, is a senior in this movie.
0: Buffy is a senior in this movie. They talk about the senior dance.
1: Yeah, and... Uh... And Buffy would have been a freshman, actually, according to the TV show. Yes. Um,
0: I like that they established that Buffy has always been athletic. Yes. We get to see her doing her...
1: Her athletic... her stunts.
0: Yeah, we get to see her doing her cheerleading backflips and back handsprings and stuff.
1: Yeah, she she was a former gymnast, so that... that... I think that's why I made a character in one of my stories a gymnast, because I wanted him to be able to do cool stuff like Bobby did.
0: <laughs> you know, cool stuff, but really, is it particularly useful? Because she kept tumbling through things, and I was like, walking would have been faster.
1: See, in my headcanon was in the moment when she's doing that, she's definitely drawing attention to herself, away from I like, mean, yes, innocent. that is that
0: is true. She is definitely drawing attention to herself. A- away from
1: all the potential innocent victims.
0: Sure. In the In the scene in the gym at the end... I'll give you that. But there are many other times where she's like, I'm going to back handspring my way over here. And I'm like, but why?
1: Yeah. A lot of times she would have been better off running. I think we are at the point where Watcher Donna would normally stop us for an ad.
0: Oh, yes. Okay. So we're going to take a break and tell you about some stuff. I can leave a quick pause here, but I also got notes on what to talk about from Donna.
1: And when we return, more about Lothos.
0: Okay, so we are now a member of Gumby Cat Networks, which is not new. I don't know why I said now. Uh, we've been a member of them for a while, and they're honestly pretty great. And if you're interested in that, you can check them out at gumbycatnetworks.com. And if you're looking for something to listen to, how about Focus on Fantasy Romance? It's a podcast by authors for fans, focusing on... you. Can probably guess fantasy romance, also paranormal romance and urban fantasy romance. Oh, and science fiction fantasy romance.
1: You can listen to book uh, to a book review chats, interviews, author author fan mixers, and industry news and current
0: events. Uh, so if you like to fantasize about your fantasies, that might be the one for you. Um, we also have two sister podcasts: Cab Beyond the Cabin in the Woods and Collective Snark. They are also on Gumby Cat Networks. Um, Donna. And I are both in Collective Snark, and uh, Don and I also both do Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, which is about horror movies. Collective Snark is kind of eclectic. And don't forget to check us out on our Twitter and our Instagram. Both of those are once more W Buffy. And uh, you can always drop us a line, let us know if we missed anything, if there's anything you want us to talk about, or just let us know how you feel about us. But be nice, cause we're we're very fragile.
1: I'm very sensitive.
0: He is very sensitive. I cry easily. It's, it's true. Um, and that's it. Let's get back to the show. I like how you give us a countdown like Donna's not going to be an amazing stitcher and edit this together.
1: I, I like, I like countdowns. <laughs> I've been doing this thing where I go five, four, three, then I hit record and then I do two, one silently, but I nod my head really, really exaggeratedly so that she knows I'm still counting.
0: I'm sure he does. Um, so one, something that I think is funny that Giles and Merrick both do is, um, they both tell Buffy to act normal, like nothing's wrong, but also quit all of your extracurricular activities. Yeah. And I I just want to be like, guys, that's not acting normally. Stop trying to control her life, man.
1: It's so true.
0: Were we in the middle of talking about something before we took a break? No,
1: we were getting ready to talk about the lore.
0: Oh, I thought, okay. Uh, You really want to go in on that, so let's go ahead and do that.
1: All right. So, I thought, so, the entire movie starts with this huge thing about this, uh, um, not very long thing. It's actually a very small thing. Um, But it's hugely important uh, because it tells you everything you need to know about the Slayer. Such as, for instance, the fact that they have a birthmark, the mark of the coven. Mm -hmm. They always have it. And that is how you know that somebody's a slayer. Um, and the mark of the coven is really important. Apparently, it shows up. It shows up every single time. It shows up on Buffy. Buffy has her hairy mole, big hairy mole, removed. So Buffy's basically, Buffy had the mark of the coven, but had it removed, and mm-hmm. it caused like it caused no problem with their power. So it's not like Samson's hair. Like <laughs> it's just a mark. It's not like really it's just crucial. a witch's teeth. Yeah, it's a witch's teat. That's what I call it. Respect. Except
0: I think sometimes those are considered to hold the power or something. But
1: all right, so um, the uh, there is no such thing as a Watcher's Council.
0: Yeah, Merrick is just one. Yeah, it's just Merrick, and he just gets reborn all he... the time.
1: Both the Slayer and the Watcher. Yeah, are reborn every time. There is just one Slayer, one Watcher and they just reincarnate over and over again, meeting each other each time. The Watcher retains the memories. The Slayer retains the powers. But she's also got the dreams. Because she's got a lot of dreams about her previous lives lives, and a lot of dreams about uh, things that are going to happen in the Is
0: future. that a little bit similar to what he does in Frey? To what Wheaton does in Frey? I actually never
1: uh, really went into Frey, so I don't know. I haven't
0: either. I've been thinking about it. But I believe that in Frey... The Slayer is a set of twins
1: and oh, her yeah. brother
0: has all of the dreams. all of the dreams and all of the like extra sensory powers and she has all of the raw physical powers. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that so yeah, it does it does seem very similar. Mhm. Like maybe he copied that over because he kind of liked the he idea. He copies a
0: lot of stuff like He played drives himself. Yeah, yeah, I had not seen this movie for a while, but rewatching it, I was like, "Oh, yep, yeah, there's that scene." <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, he kind of plagiarized himself from Buffy, (laughs) from Buffy to Buffy. Um, so the other, uh, uh, so Buffy had her thing removed. Uh, oh, vampire masters. So vampire masters are a thing. Um, vampire masters like Lothos, like the master, uh, like the vampire that, um, the vampire very much like Lothos that was, that killed Faith's watcher Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: and went after Faith. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had to be killed with a massive stick? We haven't seen that, obviously, in the yeah. show yet.
0: I wonder, do vampire masters just wear those vests? Look sort of Victorian. Is that just a... Yeah,
1: I think that's the thing with vampire <laughs> masters. Um, so vampire masters have a lot of different powers, including the power to hypnotize people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's important uh, because we see this power in Dracula as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and we see this power with the master. The master is able to hypnotize Buffy. Um... The um, vampires in this show, are, in the movie though, are very, very different because they have a lot. They don't have vamp face. The vamp face we're but all familiar have, with.
0: they have ears. They have goblin ears. Yeah.
1: They have goblin ears. Um, they have goblin ears and and uh, fangs.
0: And they all, all are also generally inexplicably more hot than they were. Yeah. Like Benny, kind of had stupid hair, but when he becomes a vampire. He's got, like, just natural eyeliner, and his hair gets really cool and gothy. Like, I I, I don't Maybe vampires are just... I, I like dead boys.
1: <laughs> I think you just like dead boys. Um, although, they all do fly.
0: They do fly. <laughs> I, I particularly love the scene in which Benny comes back for Pike and is like, let me in, and Pike is totally about to do it. But you keep... Pike keeps glancing down. Like, he knows that something is off. But he's too tired and hungover to figure out what it is. Yeah. Until Benny is like, let me in, I'm hungry. And Pike's like, you're floating, go away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like our first experience with a vampire flying, uh, I mean, we had Lothos fly pretty early.
0: But Um, I think we saw Amelin fly first. Or it was implied because Benny was sitting, or Benny and Pike were both sitting on that rock wall. That led to a huge drop-off. Nothing really could have climbed up it, but Amelin grabs Benny from behind anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, there was one vampire, the first vampire that Buffy fights in this movie... Um, that I thought, (laughs) he, he, Peter pans out of the grave. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, trying to work his way out of the grave. He climbs out. And then, like, right before he manages to step out of the grave, instead of stepping out, he just widens his arms and, ha, like, I had a happy thought.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That is a good way to describe Ah, it. Ah, (laughs) food! Um, speaking of that, though, we had another moment in this where I feel like, uh, Whedon isn't sure if he wants vampires or zombies. Like, mm. he wants the aesthetics of zombies, but he wants the intelligence of vampires.
1: Oh, well, let, let me finish with the lore. One more thing about lore. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um. So, I thought, like, in Buffy the TV show, they explained that Buffy can sense, Slayers can sense vampires. They never explain how.
0: And Buffy never actually seems to do that. She just is like, well, that's per- that person's clothes are out of date.
1: Yeah. Whereas, in this movie, it's very clear that vampire, that... The Slayer gets menstrual cramps Yeah, when vampires are around.
0: And I'm just going to say, as a person who has had menstrual cramps for a significant portion of their life, I don't feel like this is a benefit in combat.
1: Would it piss you off and make you hit somebody more?
0: It makes me want to curl up in a ball and die. Maybe they're
1: not that bad cramps. No.
0: She was audibly...
1: In pain, yeah. In
0: pain. Like, she, she was audibly saying ow and sort of doubling over and i don't audibly say ow and double over and i still just want to be a tiny tiny ball in my bed with the blanket over me you should
1: probably not be a slayer it's too many (laughs) cramps probably um all right so that's it with lore um i don't
0: know what i was saying Oh, yeah, the aesthetics of vampires and zombies. So he has a lot of the vampire aesthetics in the graveyard with the hands coming up out of the graves and grabbing Buffy by the feet. Um, and then they shamble. They shamble a lot. There are a lot of shambling vampires.
1: Yeah, that was weird.
0: Yeah, and, like, whenever they're fighting in the, during the dance, the vampires sort of hang back and politely take turns.
1: well except for that one guy who's really excited about the fight that's taking place in front of him yeah like he's not really taking turns but he's like yeah i'm so thrilled like like the vampires just seem like they're having a really good time in this movie yeah
0: um but no so for a lot of point or at a lot of points in this movie they looked more like zombies than vampires to me and i don't know as goblin zombies goblin zombies As, as a sort of Vamp or horror picky person that that bothers me, I guess <laughs> <laughs> um, So do you want to talk about something slightly more serious and divisive? I'm ready There is more acknowledgement of people of color in this movie in 1992 than there is in the TV show in 1998 Were there people of color in this movie? Well, yeah, one of Buffy's friends is black Oh, yeah. <laughs> like an actual legitimate person with lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, Buffy talks about having a dream of being a slave in Virginia.
1: That was amazing.
0: So this in this movie, they have officially acknowledged that people other than white people exist more than they have in two seasons of the Buffy TV show. It's
1: true. It's true. Um, it is possible that it because it's a small town in California, it's highly populated with white people. Um, but that doesn't that that still means that they didn't include any like any references to all the all the non-white slayers that there have been. Um, in fact, like I don't think a non-white slayer has been mentioned yet
0: in the TV show. Yeah. No, I mean it's about to
1: yeah yeah well I mean, we're
0: gonna get kendra soon yeah we're gonna
1: get kendra soon but um but yeah i mean it, it is it is a thing there was another uh divisive issue that you encountered in this film what's that something about women
0: oh yeah the uh well i know i want to talk about that a little bit in general before we get to the big thing um there is a lot more sexual harassment of buffy In this movie than there is in the TV show but it's done in an interesting way where it's like it's not funny like none of the dudes that do it to her are cast in any good light yeah and so I think that that's honestly pretty great for a movie that came out in 1992 yeah like there's that scene where Buffy gets in the car to kiss her boyfriend and she like it's a convertible and so she's basically just leaned over the passenger seat where there is a passenger sitting and he like kind of freaks out and frames her ass with his hands and says something like, I don't want to sound sexist, but can I borrow her? And like immediately both Buffy and her boyfriend are pissed off about that. And they're yeah. like, don't fucking say stuff like that. And then later on, like it, and people call Buffy a bitch a lot.
1: Oh, so much,
0: so much in this. Um, which I, I guess it's weird to me because Spike is the only one that calls her that in the TV show. And I remember when he says that to her, when he says that word to her, I was shocked. Um, but yeah, and people, I, I can't remember the other moments, but there were just a lot of moments of commenting on Buffy's looks and calling her a bitch and things like that. But like I said, none of the good guys did that and none of the, the guys that did that to her got away with it
1: yeah like i really really enjoyed it when um when buffy gets smacked in the butt by that same guy who said can i can i borrow her Uh uh-huh and buffy wraps her arm around him and hurls him over her over her against the floor and then he like she grabs him lifts him back up pushes him against the lockers and he's like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and it was great because it was not played for laughs at all this was a serious scene and Buffy is very much, uh, and the guy who was her boyfriend is very much like, yeah, don't, don't, don't mess with what's mine and stuff. And it's like, he's like ready sliding and...
0: his arm around her. Yeah.
1: And then, and then Buffy is like, I can take care of myself. And, and then
0: he's all like, it's nice to be needed. And it was just like, ah, oh, your, your mascul- masculinity is cracking there. You need to calm down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I liked the way that they dealt with that a lot um, and then the sort of like cherry on top is at the end, or near the end, when Pike says to Buffy, you're not like other girls.
1: That was so great. And, and she says, yes I am.
0: You seemed like you really wanted to say it, so I was going <laughs> to let you say it.
1: <laughs> I was going to let you say it because it was a, it was, uh, it was a very a very feminine line.
0: Yeah, she says, yes I am. And I... I don't know. I wish that I, as a younger girl, had paid more attention to that line because I spent a long time being kind of flattered whenever guys would say you're not like other girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, that when Buffy said that, it was, it was really good.
1: Similarly, I spent a lot of time when I was younger offended because I was called a girl or called feminine things. So, yeah, it's really sad that we were trained to think of being like, girls as a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it is really sad. Can we talk about the montage? Actually, no. Before we talk about the montage, I want to talk about Merrick again for a second. Okay. So the first time we really see Merrick is when he rescues Pike from Amalyn right after Benny has been eaten by Amalyn. Yeah. And the way that it's cut, it looks like he drives up Clearly fucking sees Amalyn taking Benny, calmly gets out of the car, watches Amalyn take Benny, and then goes and picks up Pike.
1: Yeah, it definitely looked like, looked like for a second there Merrick was involved in that whole shit.
0: Well, it did like, and that's a, I wonder if that's maybe part of what was dropped or something, because then whenever it had, we go to that whole scene that's in like the, I don't know, parade float garage.
1: There are some weird cuts in this film. Like, there's some weird, weird cuts. Like, the scene where Benny uh, puts a hot dog over his, like, in his penis. Not in his penis. No, not in his penis. That's called
0: docking. That's a different thing. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Um, No, he puts puts a hot dog in front of his pants like a penis. And then Buffy slices
0: it, I guess, in half? But there's a sound of two sword swishes. Yeah. And it's only sliced lengthwise in half. And it's not like
1: like we didn't see anything. Like, nothing, nothing, we didn't get to see anything, because it was just like, cut, cut, cut.
0: Yeah, it just, it cut to Buffy grabbing a knife, and then cut to him reacting. And then for some reason, Pike, like, gagged, slashed, vomited, slashed, spit out his hot dog bun. I didn't really understand why.
1: Well, we men are very sensitive about our penises.
0: So you, you can't eat?
1: We can't eat when somebody's compared the food we're presently eating to a penis.
0: But he wasn't even eating a hot dog. It was a hot dog bun because the waitress told them they could get a hot dog or two cups of coffee and they got a hot dog. <laughs> and Benny had the, the hot dog and Pike had the hot dog bun. So so Pike is not even eating a hot dog.
1: Honestly, with that little money, I would not spit out any food. Right? Like I'd be like, this hot dog looks and tastes and smells exactly like penis, but I am eating it. Because I mean, I would so be against that, that anyway. No, eating it, totally, totally different <laughs> than just putting it in your mouth. It's a different, it's a different dynamic when you bite into something. Cannibalism's not your kink. It. No, it's not my kink. War, not my thing. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, so there were some weird cuts. Um, oh, and yeah, so when they get to the, as far as I can tell, the parade float graveyard, and Merrick is talking to Lothos. They seem really chummy. Yeah. And, like there's a plan.
1: Yeah. And, and I got the impression it was because Merrick and Lothos did know each other. Because yeah. they've been several lifetimes together. Right.
0: They've been fighting for a long time. But like, I don't know. They're just chilling and talking. Yeah. And I was like...
1: I would have wanted to know more about them.
0: Yeah. I... Same. Yeah. Um, I can see why he wanted to make this a TV show.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: Um, but, okay, so the weird montage, they, but Merrick tells Buffy to skip cheerleading practice. Buffy is, for some reason, an hour late to cheerleading practice, but she also doesn't skip it, so I don't know what the fuck she was doing for an hour.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but Merrick meets her there and makes her come with him anyway, and they have a montage and during this montage, she changes clothes several times. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't physically change clothes, but, you know, she is shown in several different outfits because it's... the point of montages is to show...
1: Several weeks have yeah. passed.
0: this is the training montage. Um, and there are a couple things that I want to mention about this. One, what is up with that song? It's um, Eat Your Heart Out or Eat My Heart Out by The Divinals. And I just don't understand it, why that was the song they chose for this training montage. Because it's a song about a girl telling her boyfriend that he's not going to cheat on her, so he needs to make a decision on if he's going to be with her or his side chick.
1: What they should have played is, keep it coming. (laughs) Keep it coming. Keep it coming.
0: Um, I just think, like, I don't know. like that. It's like playing someone that I used to know at a wedding. That just doesn't make any sense.
1: Which we had happened to us at a wedding. Yeah, it was like, my
0: Cousin's wedding. What the fuck?
1: Who is this DJ? And Why do they want this marriage to end so quickly? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, it just... I don't know. The song was weird. And I felt like they could have done better. Yeah, should've, absolutely. Should have done, done better. Should um, have done better. And then at the end of the montage, Buffy is back in the outfit that she was wearing. The exact outfit that she was wearing when he picked her up from cheerleading practice. And they're having a whole conversation about what it is to be a Slayer. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe that conversation was supposed to happen before the training montage.
1: It's so odd when people decide to talk about things. Like, you know those, you know those many times that you and I have walked together for miles? And only when we're getting ready to arrive, like a minute before, that's when I start talking to you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like,
1: I'm silent the rest of the time. But that's when I'm like,
0: OK, maybe so- we should have a conversation about what we're doing now.
1: Yeah. like. What are we doing here? I don't know. You're driving. Uh, uh, Well, one of us has to explain it to the audience.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, Also, though, Merrick points out that uh, Buffy is exceptional. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because that is something that is pointed out multiple times. But in this one, I don't totally understand why. Because in the TV show, they establish she's exceptional because she is... um, Social (laughs) yeah, because friendship is magic, but in this one. She's exceptional
1: Mm. I guess it's her attitude.
0: Yeah, I do I do love when he died and he was like you do everything wrong And she says i'm sorry. I take it back and he's like no no do it wrong. I really like that
1: Yeah, because merrick one of the things that merrick noticed at one point was when uh, Buffy was fighting the two vampires that were going after pike and she kills one with the stake. And then the other one, she kills with the um, guitar neck. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Merrick says, that's an interesting choice. And it's the first time we really see Buffy improvise. Yeah. Um, can I talk about those stakes real quick?
0: Uh, those were
1: stake swords.
0: Yeah, those were big stakes. <laughs>
1: those were stake swords. They're like, they're about the length of a forearm when they're in Buffy's hand. But the moment she stabs it into somebody, it becomes twice the length. And expanding it like, stakes. It's expanding stakes, and it like comes out quite a bit, like at least six inches from from the chest.
0: Oh, and sweetie, you can lie too. That's not six inches.
1: And protrudes about six inches from the... <laughs> My fingers were a little bit... My fingers were <laughs> spread out a little short, less short...
0: They're like this is making anything better.
1: <laughs> My fingers were spread out about 4 inches apart.
0: Now you know know why we need Donna. Without Donna, we are elementary schoolers.
1: <laughs> anyway, so 6 inches from the back, 6 inches from the front. <laughs> That's what she said.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> they were very long stakes. They were
1: very long stakes, stick swords. Um, Tm.
0: <laughs> oh, Buffy killed a vampire by tumbling. Yes,
1: oh, she's she, she's fighting with she's fighting and she's ha- fighting alongside Pike, and and she tumbles into Pike and they fall down and they have a conversation. And the whole time, Adrian and I are like,
0: "What happened to that vampire that nobody staked?"
1: <laughs> but apparently, that vampire died because they never resolved the issue. She
0: she jumped onto him and did like a Sofatia headlock with her knees thing. Yeah, but I didn't think you could kill vampires by breaking their necks. I don't think you can. So I don't really know how that vampire died. Death by tumbling.
1: <laughs> death by tumbling.
0: Um. All
1: right.
0: Should, I almost. Should. I have. I have a couple. Couple more things that I want to talk about real quick.
1: Okay.
0: Um, one of them. I just want to give a quick shout out to Christy Swanson because she's just amazing. Like
1: she this role. She was, she's really, she slayed this she role. She slayed
0: it. Ah, ha, ha. Um, no, she's just really, really good. And I loved her. And I watched a lot of, I, I I watched The Chase with her and Charlie Sheen about 50 million times just because I love her. Mm. I, I just think she's so wonderful. And I particularly like her in this role. And when I heard that there was a Buffy TV show, there was a, a huge part of me that realized that she was 10 years older <laughs> nearly 10 years older than she was when the movie came out but i still was really upset that she was not buffy yeah um
1: it would have been nice it would have been nice to see like a I i mean we, we needed that show for for our generation
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um now i would have been totally fine with having later had the opportunity to see a buffy like action drama like adult action drama
0: yeah yeah Buffy the, the like, college in fact, after college
1: in fact I want that now like <laughs> I want I want Sarah Michelle Beller or
0: Christy Swanson or Christy
1: Swanson like either one of them they can come back and whatever age they are that's the age that Buffy is yeah and they get to play that role I'm good with that yeah
0: um so I want to talk about Pike a little bit more because I didn't say everything that I wanted to say about him Um, He has a couple of lines that I found to be really interesting, and that was, I'm good with damage, I want to cause some damage, I'm good with damage, Mm -hmm. and then later on, when he is, um, when Buffy is like, I'm shopping for a dress, don't try to stop me, and she explains that she's going to the dance, and he's like, you can't go to the dance, you gotta kill these vampires, and they have a little bit of an argument, and then he's like, he, he says something about, Benny was right, you're all the same. I'm not disappointed, just angry.
1: I love that line so much.
0: I love that line too. And like...
1: Not disappointed, just angry!
0: Yeah. Well, like... And then you think about the fact that... Pike stops what he's doing to fucking make stakes, Like... He he was all about, I'm gonna run, and now he's all about, like, no, fuck it, I'm gonna fight. And he stops, and he makes all of these weapons, and then he goes to Buffy's dance with her with these weapons, because he knows that she can't just go to this dance. Yeah. And so I just find Pike to be an interesting character that I wish we got to know more about. Like, why doesn't he have any money? He and Benny are super close. Like, he and Benny have a bromance. Yeah. Like... Like, they... like, Benny,
1: it's at one point, even says, I think at this point, I would have sex with you.
0: Yeah. And, and you don't say
1: that to somebody, you, you, as a straight guy, you don't, not that I'm straight, but like,
0: I I a- <laughs> As had a straight a... guy, which is not Jay. He's yeah. just hypothesizing. My,
1: my, I have personal experience with this. I have had guys tell me that they would fuck me, uh, who were straight, uh, and it happens in two scenarios. One, you are very drunk, or two, you really love the person- the man that you're with.
0: I think both are probably applicable in that situation. Yeah, (laughs) and
1: and, and I think you need both, really, to get, like, the thing. Because you're not going to, like, just tell a random guy, like, hey, I want to have sex with you if you're straight. Like, you're going to tell that to your, like, bro.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, well, and that wasn't the only time. Like, they make a few jokes about being together, and they never, like, do the sudden back-off, no homo, no homo thing. Like, they just go with it. And and I just want to know, like... Did they live together? Why don't they have any money? Whose money was that that they gave the waitress? Do they like? Why are they sharing it? How come Benny got the hot dog and Pike was cool just having the bread?
1: Yeah, there was so much I want to know about those two.
0: Yeah, and so I don't know. Pike just seems pretty cool, and also maybe not entirely like the typical male character that you usually get. On the surface, he is. Like, on the surface, he's, like, a mechanic, and he's a musician, and he looks cool, and he's played by Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. But, I I don't know. It seems like there's, there's more under there, and I would have liked to have seen more of that. Um,
1: Oliver is his name, by the way. Oliver Pike.
0: Oh, are you looking this up on Fandom Wikia?
1: Oh, because the thing I was thinking was, what happens to him later? Like, their love interest, why... Oh, okay.
0: Do you want to share with the class?
1: Okay, so apparently, six years after moving to Sunny, after Buffy moved to Sunnydale, Pike shows up on a motorcycle, and saves Buffy from a demon fighting arena in the Old Initiative. He was disguised in one of Riley's old uniforms. He wielded guns and stakes and was an avid average fighter. After he saved Buffy, and Buffy saved Willow, uh, Xander, Anya, and Dawn from the Scourge oliver told everyone about las vegas even though buffy specifically told him not to oh because there they had adventures in las vegas the relationship the reason for the relationship ending was that pike began to feel that he was more of a hindrance than an aid to buffy's slaying career like riley uh he noted that she spent a significant portion of the battle against the vampires more focused on his safety than slaying her opponents to the point where he once tried to jump off a roof while she was fighting to take himself out of the picture and give her the chance to focus Buffy later managed to defeat the vampires, attacking them by grabbing a priest and having him bless the hotel's water tanks. Before, she activated the sprinkler system, concluding that friends would only uh, hamper Buffy's slaying career. Pike departed Las Vegas. So that was the event in Las Vegas. Are they um, in the comic books? I, I guess it must be, but it says six years after, and, and Anya's still alive, so no. That
0: had to be in the TV show?
1: Uh, it had to have been in a TV show, but uh, he was never featured or mentioned in the series. He does appear in the comic book The Origin, an adaptation of the film, securing him a place in canon. He has since appeared in other Buffy literature of unknown canonicity.
0: Is this from a novel? Roots...
1: Yeah, I guess it must be from... Oh! Uh, the Buffy... The Vampire Slayer comic book, Viva Las Buffy, and Notes from the Underground. Um, And... uh. And the scourge is actually a demon group that features an angel, so that's neat. Um, okay, but
0: so this is all comic book stuff, not the TV. Yeah, show. this
1: is all comic book stuff. So yeah, it's canon, but it's like it's not the buff. It's, it's not the... it, it, It's EU. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so I just think he's an he's a really interesting character, um, and when you think about him, um, it's. Uh, it's sort of easier to see maybe why, and I know I'm so obsessed with Owen. It's sort of easier to see maybe why Buffy shied away from Owen. Yeah, but it still doesn't explain to me why Buffy was cool with Percy Parker.
1: You're talking about the season brain cancer.
0: Three?
1: Oh yeah, um, God, Har- Ford. Ford. Thank you.
0: I was like, it's a weird name. That's all I could remember.
1: It's a car, Mazda. And it's <laughs> like, what is it?
0: Um. And there is one more thing I want to talk about. Go for it. That moment when Buffy has Amilyn against the wall and she's holding the stake and she hears Lothos playing the violin and Amelin turns, like everybody turns and looks at Lothos for a moment and Amalyn gets this look of relief on his face, like, oh, Amelin or uh, Lothos is about to save him and Lothos gives the slightest shake of his head. And you see in that moment, Amalin realize that Lothos is not going to save him. And that I That was a know, great moment. I loved that scene. Like I just thought that was so cool. And it felt like it felt like that was building so much character between the two of them because you see you see the the relationship that Amelin thought they had just like just die. Yeah. <laughs> As Lothos is just like, nope, 1200 years, we're done. Uh, uh, and also the post-credit scene uh, where we get to see Amelyn still dying.
1: Yeah, that was so great.
0: Joss Whedon doing a post-credit scene, 1992. Actually, I don't know if that was Joss Whedon because apparently Joss Whedon was so upset with how a lot of this movie was being handled that he just left set one day and never went back. Well, I still like Paul Rubens. I do, too. I still like a lot of this. Like the, we, we trashed on some stuff on this movie earlier, and I don't take any of it back. No. But, um, no I mean, movie... I, still, I, I still own this movie on DVD, and I'm not a big movie collector.
1: This movie has a lot of issues, but if you're a Buffy fan, it's definitely worth watching just to see where some of the ideas come from, and to like give yourself a little bit more of the lore, and try to create in your head like a little bit of a headcanon. With a how... bridge
0: between there and... Yeah. B- 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 between... Himry uh, and Sunnydale yeah okay I guess that's it um, again you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at once more oncemorewbuffy um, make sure to check us and our fellow podcasting friends out at Gumby Cat Networks um da 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 the end yeah yeah art.
1: Gumby Cat Productions, podcasts for podcast people. Meow.